Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I am excited to have a mini series again called Thriver Stories and I'm really honored today to share the story of my new friend Shannon. Um, I'm thankful that um, she bravely um, agreed to do this podcast episode and she's sharing about some really tender and hard places that she has walked through and um, when Shannon and I first became friends We'd been messaging back and forth and she was sharing a little bit about uh, her story with me and she shared about um, the day that her husband passed away and she had been writing and doing some homework and she's going to share about this later in the story but um, I wanted to read to you the words that she wrote to me through an Instagram message. Um, She shared that she had been doing the required homework section of this course she was taking with her husband And she had to write down the thing that she feared the most. And she said to me, I literally walked right into my greatest fear. But when I experienced it, when it happened, I wasn't afraid or anxious. And it was so powerful to me that she, that day, had written down this this fear, this thing that she Um, was so afraid of happening. And then she walked through it. It happened. um, And yet she wasn't afraid through it. And I think sometimes we don't know how we're going to be when things happen to us, right? We have this fear of the unknown. We have this fear of what if this happens? And so my hope is that as you hear Shannon's story, it's hard, but also you hear a woman who said, I'm I'm okay. Like I'm, I'm walking through this hard thing. And so, um, I hope that encourages you. Um, Shannon is a single mom and single moms have been on my heart for this entire season as it's hard. And I know for myself when my husband would be traveling a lot, a lot for work, not the same, not a single mom, I would call it solo parenting. Um, and one of the things that I really struggled with is was bedtimes. And I still, I still can struggle with bedtimes because I'm just, I'm spent by the end of the night. And for me, often at bedtime, my, my hope and everything I would say to my kids is basically like, just, just go to bed now. I just, I just need for you to be basically instantly asleep. From the moment it's like bedtime, I'm like, please, please go to bed. Mom needs a break. And so I've shared about this before, but I want to share about it again. I, I have a resource on my website and a link through the show notes that is, um, it's a resource called Bedtime Prayers. And essentially what I did is I sat down and I took some scripture and I wrote out some prayers. Now, not to say that you have to read these word for word, but just to give you an idea of what it looks like to pray over our kids, uh, the words of scripture, identity of who they are, the truth of who they are, because at that time, 
at night, by the end of the night, I'm tired and I'm not creative and I just want them to go to bed. And so my prayer sounded like, dear God, please help this child fall asleep right away. And uh, while that's not a bad thing in itself, I was missing this opportunity to speak life and truth over them. And this is something I still have to go back to is be like, oh yeah, what, what did I print off on that document? What did I write? And so that's my hope for you that it's a resource, a way for you to get some ideas and inspiration and be speaking life, speaking truth over your kids when you might be feeling so exhausted. So we're going to dive into the conversation I had with Shannon. If you want to grab the bedtime prayers resource, it's through my website, JacquelineWeidern.com or through the link in the notes um, on this episode. So enjoy the conversation with Shannon. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I'm sitting here with Shannon Davison. She is a newer friend of mine. We've gotten to know each other a little bit over the last few years. She is an incredible mom to three very fun and funny and energetic kids. And her life uh, really changed abruptly a few years ago when her husband was killed in a car accident. And I'm just really honored that Shannon, um, first that she she shares her story and her heart um, on her blog and over Instagram and things that she's going through and that she uh, would be willing just to sit with us today and share some of her stories. So Shannon, thank you for joining me um, on Ready to Thrive. And is there anything I've really missed out in that introduction? Well, first, thanks for having me. Um, and... No, I mean, that kind of sums up <laughs> the craziness of my life the last uh, two and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing that Shannon and I were talking about just before we hopped on here is that she's also in the middle of packing and moving. And that is overwhelming at yeah. any point in your life, but also doing it in this crazy um, COVID season and really doing it on her own. I think that's part of um, this journey that she has shared along the way is just the various things that she doesn't really have much of a choice that she has to do on her own. And so she has uh, never been too far from my thoughts, um, especially in this season as a single mom um, walking through these hard things. So first off, take me back um, to how you met Chase and a little bit of your guys' story. Uh, Okay. Uh, We, I knew him uh, through school, actually. I was we went to a small private school and I was a grade older, but because it's small, you, you know, everybody. So I knew him in school and his family. Um, but then it wasn't until 2011 that we, I was actually on Facebook and it, he popped up as a friend suggestion. And I was okay. like, Oh, I know Chase. So I added him as a friend. And then he messaged me and was like, hey, it's been so long. Like, how's it going? And then we just started talking and exchanged numbers. And that was kind of it. I think it was, he was always the type of person, if I had bumped into him somewhere, we would have chatted. But uh, we we never really did. <laughs> so yeah, yeah it, felt, it felt easy with him. That's kind of how we, I guess, reconnected. We kind of knew each yeah. other before, but yeah. Yeah. And how long from that point of the reconnection to like, and we're married? It was two years till marriage. So we dated for like a year and a half-ish, got engaged, and then got married. Yeah. We got engaged in the fall and then got married the next summer. So yeah, two years from like, 
hey, I remember you to marriage. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And did you guys know you kind of wanted to have kids right away and that whole thing? Or did you? Yeah, we did. Um, so Chase was a dairy farmer. Uh, and so he he was always kind of like a bit more traditional that way. Like I work hard and then the wife stays home and raises kids and cooks food and does the home stuff. And I was up for that at the time I had just, when we first started talking and then dating, I had just started nursing school. And so I did two years of nursing before stopping (laughs) and then getting married because we knew we wanted to have, try to have kids right away. I mean, you never know how that journey is going to go, but we were um, blessed to get pregnant very easily and quickly. And uh, yeah, so we had, we had kids straight away, basically. And and how old are your three kids? They are six, five, and three. Six, five, and three. So when, um, when Chase passed away, they were four, four, almost three three and like three days shy of one. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you had three kids. Yeah. Four and under. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Now tell me about that particular season. So you're, you're in the season of like, he's working hard Yeah. as a dairy farmer. You're working hard with the three kids all day long. And what was your life like together at that time? Busy. Um, I think, I mean, it's always parenthood is always busy I think but yeah we had like our first two are basically back to back they're 15 months apart and then uh we waited a little longer had our third um and yeah like Chase is the hardest worker I've ever known and which was super admirable um but we live on the farm so it was easy for him at least to come in and relieve me when I needed him to or come in for lunch and all that so um but yeah it was it was good. Life was good. We were in the process of um, trying to buy property up in the interior, like Okanagan area. And because Chase had, he was quite the visionary and dreamer, but also like, not just a dreamer, like he'd make it happen. So we were in the process of trying to buy property up in the interior. And because his dream was to expand the farm um, and grow the herd and milk like 300 cows and so that's kind of where we were at um, when he passed away was that kind of process and kind of figuring out like, oh man, what's it like, is our life really going to like, is this going to happen? Are we going to move? Like, and uh, yeah, but overall, like things were, things were good and happy. <laughs> um, one of the conversations you and I had via, um, I think Instagram messenger was just that Um, in that season, you were also doing something called Freedom Sessions. Yeah. And uh, Freedom Sessions is um, a program that our church runs and quite a few churches run, um, really helping people exactly what it says, um, go through a lot of hard work, um, similar to what I talked about in Tangled, that hard work um, to get to a place of freedom. And so you guys were both, you both just started it, is that right? Yeah, we had, we had started literally the night before he died we had started freedom session and together well except you do your own work but we were both doing it um yeah and so we i was kind of as part of the story that 
the Tuesday, so the next day, because our freedom session was on Monday, um, we had to answer like some questions about like the, some of the prelim preliminary questions they ask you are um, in your homework is like, what are you most afraid of? And like just some of that heart stuff to kind of get things, I don't know, bring some of that awareness, I think, to the forefront. And um, one of the questions was that, like, what, what are you most afraid of? And I had said that, like, of my husband or loved ones dying. And I, I wrote that down on the paper, um, like, earlier that day. And then that night, Chase died. <laughs> so it was very, like, not coincidence to me. Like, it was, I think God was, like, shh, kind of walking me through that because that was, like, my greatest fear. And then it happened, which you don't really think your greatest fear will happen. Like you, like you, it is, I mean, it's a fear because you think it might, but not really. So, but then in that moment when he did die, it was like, I remember so clearly being like, I just wrote about this as a fear and, and I'm not afraid. Like it was this like very strange, like it's, it was horrific. Um, but I remember just this like almost like a, a piece I guess that it was like uh, but I'm not afraid right now so it's really strange <laughs> yeah. but well I remember you writing that to me and and just that you'd said I just wrote that this was my greatest fear and it and it came true and I think that was so um I can't remember what else you said about like that like and I was I was okay yeah. and to me that was so profound because I think we we can get so um, afraid of our biggest fears. Yeah. And it doesn't mean this hasn't been full of pain and yeah. hard and loss. But, um, but I thought what you said there was um, incredibly significant. Um, and so do you, like, you kind of said something, and I do you feel like God was preparing you? Like, is that part of it? Or I think, like looking back and the in the time before chase died like i wouldn't have known at the time obviously it's kind of that like oh hindsight's 2020 but there were so many moments that we had together that i think god was just like letting me have before he was gone like god knowing what was ahead of for me um like that summer we had an actual like it was so it was in september that chase had passed away so it was in that summer though, we had like a family vacation where we were really intentional to like not be on screens and put our phones away. So that just that quality time. And um, I even like had missed a friend's baby shower because it was like the one day Chase had off and we decided to go to the zoo. And I was like, it's weird because I didn't really think much of it at the time, but that friend later said to me like, that's amazing that you didn't come to my shower. And like, I was like, well, that's nice that she appreciated that. but things like that, that I'm like, oh yeah, we had that. And even that night, like the freedom session night. So the night before, um, as we were driving home, we were chatting about, I mean, freedom session is for people from all walks of life and all things. Um, Chase and I were at a very good place in our marriage, but obviously there are a lot of people that struggle in their marriages. And so we were, we had a conversation of how thankful we were that like some of the stories we had heard that first night at freedom session we were like wow I'm really glad that we have like a good marriage and just like we had that kind of conversation where I felt like he really expressed 
his love even towards me, which like he was not always like the biggest with words, but even just to have that moment, like before where I felt so secure in our marriage before he died was also so impactful. So there were so many little things that I can see that kind of came to mind after he died that I'm like, wow, God really let these things happen so that I would feel like comfort, I think after. Yeah. Do you feel like that has, um, like, how is that? I'm just curious about this, um, that part of the fear, right? Cause it's not like we don't continue to have fears. So, you know, today, if you were to write some of those questions down, you know, would it be the same questions or do you feel like your relationship with fear in that way has changed? Um, I think I was actually thinking about this really today. It's funny you ask. Um, I think a lot of my fear came down to like anxiety and I've, I've kind of always dealt with an underlying anxiety throughout my life. Like even as a child, I had like separation anxiety. So, um, I think when Chase died and I realized like, I'm okay, as in like still alive and not like my, my world did collapse, but I'm still breathing here. I'm still like, I'm still okay. It's hard to say, okay. When like you go through that, but, um, I think that that really did kind of put things into a perspective where things that I might've been anxious or afraid of before were no longer very significant because I'm like, I've already been through the worst, like on a very much smaller scale. It was like days after Chase died, there was a massive spider in my house and I hate spiders, like hate them. Um, and, uh, I remember just being like, oh, I can deal with that. And like grabbed a cup and like put it over. Whereas before I would like run the other way, like can't handle it. But it was almost like I had this like superhuman, like I've already been through the worst. So this is nothing. Um, although like I have found though, and this is what I was thinking about is that over time, some of those like anxieties and fears have tried to like creep back in. And it's like, why am I like, I know, I know that like, I know there's this other truth where like, I don't need to be afraid, but it's funny how those little things do try to kind of niggle their way back in over time. But yeah. Well, that's, um, I think that makes a lot of sense. And that I feel like there often is this process of, um, I think about letting go of control, like the things that I try and control in my life. And, and, the moments where I realize, oh, I never, I never had control over this yeah. in the first place. Yet, almost sometimes subconsciously, I try to regain it. Like I try to regain yeah. control again and again. And it's those moments where you go, oh, that's. And for me, anxiety and control often go hand in hand. Yeah, right. Where oh, I'm absolutely. like, because I'm, I'm trying to keep everyone safe. I'm trying to control the situation, and so it is. Um, like, would you say you? are able to live in some ways with your hands a bit more open? I think so. Yeah. Like back to your question, even about like, how would you answer those like biggest fear? Like, I don't think my fear is like that a loved one would die anymore. Like things like that. Like, I think there is this kind of like piece about just like, I think there was this piece about not having control actually. Like, yeah, I'm kind of like, I do like to control and like have 
things in a line. I, I think that's part of like even anxiety. Like I like to see what's coming. Um, but then there's all this like when I remember too, like, and I think I've written about it when, when Chase died, I would, it was so out of my control that I actually had a piece about that because I, I knew that it wasn't maybe a fault of mine or like, it wasn't like a choice, I guess that led to that, if that makes sense. So I think there was, is this sort of piece where you're like, I mean, I'll do my best, but ultimately I'm not in control here. And so, yeah, I think it did kind of help even like re alleviate some of that maybe burden I put on myself of like, I need to make sure this goes this way when really it's ultimately I don't have a lot of control. Yeah. Well, I think what you said there is really true in that sense of like, we, we can't, there's so much that we can't control yet. We can sometimes get stuck in that place of beating ourselves up with regret of feeling like I should have, you yeah. know, right. Like in various little things in our lives, it's like, I should have done something different. I should have known better. And and we can really, that can be a hard place that um, I would say for a lot of people who are navigating places of grief, it's like, you that's where you can feel like you're, um, you can get stuck. So I really appreciate that, that sentiment of like, recognizing I, I don't have control here, mm -hmm. um, which is really more than we, more than we're aware of. Um, how have you really navigated grief um, and the grief of your kids over the last few years? Yeah, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> I think it's that like, you don't really have a choice. Like uh, like you had mentioned, I think in the introducing me that like, you know, I don't really have a choice but to kind of walk through this. So I think there's a part of that, like it's surprising what you can kind of endure when like, had you asked me how I would be prior to Chase dying, like, oh, like, what would you be like if your husband died? Uh, my answer would have probably been very different than what I actually was like. Um, I think in part, just like after Chase died, it, there was a lot of like, God was just like, became, I've always believed in God. I did like, yes, I, like I was a Christian before Chase died <laughs> for sure. But after he died, it was just the, this like solidifying, I think, of my faith where I really had no doubt of like God. And so I think that that really helped um, sustain me throughout the first, especially the early days of grief. Um, I would say too, like just having the support of family and friends and people that just came and, and did stuff because especially in early grief, you really don't have a lot of mental capacity to do anything or to make any sort of decisions. And so it was really helpful for people just to come and see what needs to be done. Like, oh, we'll do your laundry or we'll make food or we'll clean your house or um, take your kids to wherever they need to be. Like, cause it's just so hard to try and plan things when you can't even see like in front of you anymore. Um, so I would say that that has been a huge help is like family and friends and even the church was so so supportive um during that time um and then also I did counseling pretty quick after Chase passed away I think it was probably even I don't know can't remember see the early days are like I don't remember exactly when but within the couple first few months I think I had started counseling um just because I was like, I need to be able to live 
with this. Like, I need to be able to live through this. I have three children that I need to raise and I didn't want it to take me out, I guess. So um, I saw a counselor and then um, as far as like my children's grief goes, I think, I think that is one of the hardest aspects of like single parenting through loss is dealing with children and their grief because I have my own grief and loss that I'm trying to deal with and also carry theirs. So I would say like having people around, of course, that like love my children and help out and can have conversations with them is helpful. Um, but ultimately it is me like at night when all of a sudden they're missing daddy, it's, it's on me to go and lay with them and talk with them. And so it's heavy. It's hard. There was like a lot of nights where I'm like, oh, I do not have the energy for this. And even actually last night, my daughter still, well, I mean, I say still, but of course still, but came out of bed and was like, I miss daddy. And I was like, I do not have the energy to like play with you tonight after a long day. But yeah, I think, I think it's just that, like just trying to lean into those moments still. And um, I think kids are amazing because they work through things so um, naturally. And like, I think as adults, from my experience, at least in my own children's experience, like I always think it's like, even what you said, like the shoulds or I should have, like, I, I constantly kind of have that through my mind. Like, am I doing this right? Should I do this? Should I go to counseling again? Like all those things, whereas the children just, the children just feel what they need to feel in the moment. They don't question why they're feeling it. Whereas like, I am like, is this okay to feel like I, I question my feelings, which is learning to just feel what I need to feel and like not apologize when I am upset about something. I'm like, now I I'm learning just to like cry and not say oh sorry when I'm crying and just be like I'm crying it's okay so whereas children they don't apologize for their feelings and they just feel it and I so I feel like I've learned a lot just seeing them grieve because they cry and they're upset and not that you have to get over being upset you're allowed to feel sad but they do move through that and then they feel better because they've like let it all out or yeah so Oh, that's so good. I yeah. I feel like sometimes I get irritated at my kids because because they move through their emotions quickly. And I'm like, you were just melting down over here. <laughs> yeah. And now you're ha like, I'm not there yet. I'm not ready <laughs> yeah, to be. Totally. Um, but that's so, I think that's so good. And I think we could learn so much from them. And obviously we don't want to be like having a temper tantrum in a grocery store or whatever, right? Like yeah. the thing is, but at the same time, I just, every person who I talk to who has walked through some major grief has all, they've always talked about just, they've had to give themselves really permission to grieve. And I realize, yeah. oh, how often are we not giving ourselves permission to grieve the little things um, or the big things, or just like one thing I'm sure you can relate to this. I've, I've heard many times people talk about just this idea of the waves of grief and how they, yeah. it pops up in ways that you're like, oh, I wasn't. I wasn't planning for this. Like one yeah. of somebody I chatted with recently was saying, um, you know, their mom had passed away. And so they they were prepared for Mother's Day. Right. They're like, I know that's going to be hard. Like It's almost like that. Whereas the times where it pops up in other moments are like, whoa, that caught me off mm -hmm. guard. 
Yeah. So I'm in those sure moments, yeah, 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 you've, and same thing, you've just learned to kind of give yourself permission. I think so. Like one thing I've realized, and of course, every person grieves differently or feels things differently, but like I have noticed that actually coming up to big events like Mother's Day, Father's Day, um, birthdays, anniversaries, like all those dates, I actually find the days leading up to it harder often than the day of. Um, I think simply because of that, like, because I know it's coming and it's like, you can kind of see this, like, you can see the wave coming and, but there are times where like, where I have um, been like super irritable or like grumpy or just sad or just whatever. And then it takes me a moment and being like, well, I'm, I'm grieving still. And like, and then it's like, oh, this is probably why, but it, I don't often yeah, I don't always see it coming or I don't always know that there's a reason like initially, I think sometimes it is kind of this like, oh, okay. Like even last week, I, was it last week? Just like things on the farm have picked up. It's springtime right now. And so they're harvesting and it was just like, oh, like I'm irritable and I'm grumpy and I just want to eat all the junk food and just like veg out. And then it's like, oh, hey, you're grieving. Feel these things. Like, and it does kind of like, even still, and it's two and a half years later now that I, yeah, it does sometimes still take me by, I guess by surprise where it's like, this is probably what's going on. <laughs> like, let yourself feel this. So, but I, I've also learned, I think this far out that um, that I know that that feeling doesn't last like it is like waves like they do come and then then it's calm again so I think that that has helped too just to be like you can feel this way let yourself feel this way and make it through these days however you need to and you can get back on track with whatever in two days or whatever so well I love that you said um you were noticing this irritability and grumpiness because I think sometimes when we think of the word grief, we think of just sadness, yeah. but that idea that it's like, no, it actually shows up in so many different emotions. Yeah. And I often find that naming something or identifying something, sometimes it's half the battle. I recently yeah, um, was like, the world is ending and nothing is going right in my life. And I was like, I wonder if I'm getting my period. Like I just <laughs> yeah, had this moment and I was like, and the moment that I recognized, I was like, okay. And I, not that I wasn't, I didn't still have some irritability, but I was like, there's actually, there's a reason. And I think sometimes it does help us to identify some of the reasons and then we can go, oh, okay. Right? Like we're, yeah. we're trying to carry these emotions or push them away or do something. Yeah. But I, I really do feel like the emotions are like, hey, just, just trying to let you know something, <laughs> something's going on. Yeah. Right? And yeah, same thing, exactly like, yeah. yeah, I was like, okay, I know that the next few days aren't going to be pleasant, but I also know that it will leave, right? Like it, yeah. the kind of, like you said, the coming and the going. Um, and it helps you be able definitely. to endure that, I think a little bit. Yeah. Being able to identify it does help that. Like, I think it was, I don't know, some psychologist or whatever said like, yeah, name it to tame it. Right. Like, so if you, if you can name that emotion, it does kind of lose some of that, like it loses some of that hold it has on you. And you're like, okay, that's all right we can, okay, then you can make it through these days. And yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about, because you, 
you did say that this experience has really deepened your faith, whereas I think for a lot of people, um, it can be the opposite. And so how have you experienced um, moments like this where you've been like, like, have you been mad at God? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I, yeah. So when Chase first died, like I said, I think it, it did, it was this like realization that it's like, God is real and he's in control and I'm not. And so there was this sort of like surrender and like, I'm just this awareness of like, God is really real. And I trust him and he is good. And like, there was all these like things that I guess over the years of my life prior have kind of planted little seeds. And so when I went through that, it was like, wow, okay, I can see this. And, and even actually the year, like kind of that year before Chase died, I had committed to like waking up early. Um, after, like, like I said, my youngest was only almost one when he died. So it was like a few months after she was born, where I felt like I was, she was by far my best sleeper. So I felt like I was getting de decent sleep. So I started waking up early before the kids to have like some Bible time. And there was so many times though, where I was like, I am putting in all this work and I'm still so impatient and I'm still so like grumpy or I'm still so like all the, the little sin things in my life that I was just frustrated. Like, why aren't I growing then if like, if I'm putting anyways, and then, <laughs> then Chase died and it was kind of like, oh, this was doing something in my heart because I do believe like these things about God were like, I didn't see it at the time. And then, so then, yeah. So then I think after Chase passed away, it was like, it was like a refining, like that refiner's fire thing where it's like, wow, it's true. Like God, you kind of see what you're really left with when you go through something like that. Um, but I think, um, and I was literally just talking to friends about this today, um, is that going through freedom session, there is like a part of forgiveness that you have to work through and God does not need our forgiveness. But there is an exercise where if you feel like something that God has done, like you, you kind of need to forgive him for your own sake. Like he doesn't need that forgiveness because he is perfect and he's holy, but for our own hearts, we need to. And I had to go through that because I think there was like a part of me that was mad at God that this happened, but it's like this weird thing where you're like, I don't want to blame like God is perfect and he's holy. So it's like, it's not his fault, but he did allow it. And so there definitely is that, like, I think I've tried to work through some of that anger. And then even to be very candid, like literally today, I was telling a friend, like, I think I still have this anger towards God that I need to have another conversation with God about this. <laughs> Cause it like, yeah, like I said, it, sometimes it creeps back in some of those things are like, I thought I dealt with this, but well, there's still a little bit there. And I think that's probably God in his mercy allowing us to have these revelations or like, okay, nope, things aren't actually like, I, I need to do some hard work here still. So there's, yeah, I mean, I've dealt with it, but also it's still, yeah, things come up again where you're like, nope, nope, something's going on there still. So, well, I think, I think that's why I love the weeding analogy because if you've ever weeded a garden, you're like, whew, okay, got rid I'm of done. all those weeds. <laughs> and then like a few weeks later, you're like, what? Like, where did these weeds come from? And I just think we don't ever fully arrive. No. Right? In this yeah, case. And so whatever the thing is, it's like, okay, we're, it's like, I thought I dealt with that. Here we go. And yeah. 
And similar to the weeding process where it's like the first time I'm weeding my garden in a season, it's hours of work. Mm-hmm. But then it's really just this maintenance. And I think that's part of the the process of going to do that hard work. So you've gone to counseling. You've done Freedom Session. Right? Like you're doing mm-hmm. those – you're actually working through those big things. Yeah. And so the the anger you feel to God is not the anger that you're like, well, I'm thrown in the towel and I'm out of here. Right. But it's still yeah. recognizing. Um, and I think there's something really powerful in in, in having those times of quiet um, – where we listen and it's, you know, sometimes it's as a busy mom of three kids, it might be like driving somewhere or in the shower. Maybe not because kids rarely let us have any space. But, you know, those little times where it's like, oh, this is that, you know, paying attention to those feelings. Like we said earlier, it's like the yeah. grumpiness or whatever else. Like what? Oh, it's anger, you know? Yeah. Like, and I, sometimes for me, I just have that where I'm like, why am I so angry? Like, what is it? Like, what is the thing? It's like, oh, I'm actually disappointed. Oh, yeah. I'm actually like, what is the, the thing? And and even just being like, God, I'm so I'm really disappointed here. Being really honest yeah. with him, yeah, um, is is really powerful. Um, how do you, as I just touched on this, um, as a busy mom of three little kids, how do you find the time to? stay connected to God? Like, where do you carve out that space or how do you do that in your day? Um, I think it's kind of, it's changed over the seasons. Like I said, like pre chase passing away, I liked to get up early and have some of that time then. Um, that just hasn't been my reality lately. Uh, I try to get up early cause I, I do that. That's ultimately when I do prefer to kind of have that like quiet time prayer time, read the Bible in the morning, sets my day off right. Um, but lately my kids have been waking up way too early. And I, if I try and do that and then they wake up early, I just get frustrated because I'm like, this is my time. So I've just been like, you know what, let go of that for now. Like trying to, I guess, let go of the season. Like, yeah, I heard one speaker say, which was really validating is that, and this goes for anybody, I think not just single moms, but just when you're in like parenthood in the young age of young ages, um, you can't necessarily get in like solid Bible study time, like every day. It's just not possible. Um, she's like, but if you could get like a couple blocks in a week, then maybe that would work. So my youngest is in preschool two mornings a week. So I have been trying to be consistent of being like, okay, then I can use like an hour here and like have a longer time of like study um it doesn't always happen (laughs) but like it's kind of trying to just piece it in because it's like at the end of the day once they're in bed I'm just I'm too tired I just don't have like the mental energy to really like study the bible I think in a really practical sense too is that I will often try and put on either music or like scripture that is just yeah reading like my phone will read the Bible out to me, like on the app, you can play it. So while I'm getting ready in the morning, I can listen to that or just like music that is like scripturally based. So I have that playing. So I'm like, okay, I'm getting something in because yeah, a lot of times I don't have the time to sit down or I sit down and then they need something a minute later. And you're like, okay, this is just, I'm more frustrated now trying to do this than I would have been if I just put on some music, let's sing along, let's that kind of thing. So 
Yeah, I think well, it's I love yeah. I love that you shared that. I love that you shared that it and I found this too. It is just it's different in each season. And um as you expressed earlier, um the season that you had where you were getting up early that it didn't feel like anything. And I think that's part of it is that often it is this um whatever we're doing to like spend time with God, getting the wordness. It doesn't always feel like this like Matt, this is this was some amazing growth or I really learned something yeah. like it's not always those pivotal moments um I had a speaker once say like um you know I don't remember what I had for breakfast yes last Thursday but it really nourished me hmm. and just that idea of like when I think about it really as this food for my soul so reading the bible listening to worship music hearing the bible I love the audio bible especially those days where I'm like yeah I'm not I, that's my like I'm the same with you where I'm like early in the morning silence like that is my dream and yeah. I there's seasons where I'm like nope not getting the dream <laughs> yeah. um we have not been sleeping well or whatever it is but that it's not a it's not a pass fail it's not about checking a box off but just more that okay what is this how am I being fed and mm -hmm. so if I'm listening to something in the car on the way to work or um, as I'm getting ready um, whatever. It's amazing actually how sometimes distracted I can be in reading my physical Bible. But when I listen to the audio yeah. Bible, I'm like, oh, I actually I read through that really quickly. Um, you know, yeah. but uh, and maybe doing both. And just really, I think, especially for the person who's listening who feels a bit weary when it comes to like, sometimes it does feel like that, like, oh, I don't, I know this is what I should do, but I don't really, <laughs> I'm too tired to do it. I just kind of go back to the like, okay, well, what would be, what would like feel good right now? And maybe that would be just listening to some worship, worship music and laying down and closing your eyes. You know, mm -hmm. like sometimes I think we, um, we know what kind of a best practice or what the, you know, ideal thing would look like. And that might be too much for us in a yeah. particular day or a, or a particular season. And so I just like to think of it as this like slow invitation into like, oh yeah, this is really what um, my heart needed today to just connect with God and, and sometimes napping on the couch and listening to worship music, I think is, um, is the thing we need to do. So, um, I love that you shared about that. Yeah. Um, how have you, how have you maintained hope? Like the name of your blog, um, can you tell us all the name of your blog? It's hopeintheherding.com. So how have, <laughs> how have you, have you maintained hope? hope in this I think um I think it is just that like awareness that there's just so much more I always think of um like let me say this I've always thought of people's lives as like threads in a tapestry like that we're all kind of connected somehow and we all have a story and so I think that there's just like this awareness now, maybe always have been, but like, especially now that like life is short and we have like what we have. And um, I don't know that God can see the whole picture. He can see the whole tapestry. He can see how these like stories intertwine and, and like, I don't, <laughs> my, my perspective is so limited. And so I think like, ultimately it's just that, like, just that hope that like, he knows best my view is so limited and 
just trying to cling to that. Like the winter, I think it was only a few months after Chase had passed away. I was in Langley and I was walking along and there's this little like gift shop type thing. I can't even remember the name. And I went in there just to browse and I saw up on the wall, there was a sign and it said, God has a vision far greater than our, than my sight. And I bought it, <laughs> but I, uh, I said to the lady, this is kind of a tangent, but it was like really amazing. I, the lady at the counter, it was up high. And so I said to her, like, can you tell me how much that is? And she looked up and then she's like, told me the price. And then she's like, that's so true, isn't it? And I said, yeah. And, and in the early stages of loss, like similar, but different to like, when you get engaged, you want to tell everybody like, this is exciting because it's big in my life. So not exciting, but you still feel like you like you almost wish that it was like back in the day where you had some mark on you that like, I'm a widow, I'm going, I'm grieving so that people would somehow know. So anyways, that I always felt like, not always, but there are certain times where I'm like, I just wish I could tell people. But for some reason with her, I'm like, I, I really felt I needed to tell her. Like my heart was like, you know, when you need to do something, your heart starts pounding. And you're like, oh, I think that's like, tell, like I should. Anyways, I went for it and I was just like, yeah. I said, my husband actually just passed away and her face dropped and she came out from behind the counter and gave me a huge hug. And was like, I lost my husband. Like, I forget how, I, was, I think at that time it was like 10 years, maybe it was quite a while, but it was just this amazing connection to this other person that had gone through it. And um, I was just such a God moment where I'm like, huh, like he uses all these little things that just help to comfort if you're aware. And so I think just because of that, it's like, that's what I mean by this tapestry. Like, I don't, I don't remember the woman's name even now, but it, it, I remember that, like that will always be part of me now. Like just, she went through that 10 years before and yet somehow she can still comfort me, this woman, I don't know. And so I think it's just like having things like that, where these little moments where it's so evident that God kind of weaves people's stories and lives together. Just it, that to me brings hope, I think, because it's like, wow like only God would have known, like I could have easily just walked out of there and been like, thanks for the sign. Like, and not had that moment of like comfort where I'm like another widow knows what this feels like and was there in a store in Langley, like to, to give me a hug. Like it was so, yeah, I don't know. So I think just things like that, like moments like that, I think where I can see the evidence of God, like piecing these little things together that brings hope yeah I don't know <laughs> no I think that's so true and I love that you um just followed that nudge and that little invitation because I think um too often it's easy for us to talk ourselves out of it I usually try if I feel that I usually try to go for it before <laughs> my mind before catches you. up and yeah. it's like what are you doing um I and, that's and sometimes yeah no, sorry. I was going to say, I think that's the thing too, with like having gone through such a serious loss is that there is that bit of like, I, I used to be way more, um, timid maybe, or like shy. And now it's kind of like, it, it has made me be more bold. Cause I'm like, you know what, what's there to lose? <laughs> like, so it's like, I, I mean, I still don't just like go around telling everybody my husband died, but like, yeah, when I feel those like nudges of like, you should do this. It's like, I, I, I'm, I think I'm a lot more faithful in that now just because I I have lost a little bit of that fear of like oh what are people gonna think or what like you know that those like anxieties and those fears like what we were saying it's like that's lessened a little bit so now I'm like oh 
I mean, whatever. She'll just like, if it wasn't a God moment, then we'll go, oh, I'm sorry. Right. Like it wouldn't. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it feels like in talking to you, there's a lot of areas that God is really, um, I think giving you freedom in, right? Like yeah. you were saying, there's, there, um, you are more bold, um, less afraid of some things. Um, how else would you say he has kind of shaped your character through, like walking through this over the last two and a half years? Like, how would you say you've kind of grown? Hmm. Um, I think probably boldness is like the biggest thing. Um, and just like, I have way more confidence, I think, in sharing my story. Uh, I am like not a public speaker person at all. I, I have always hated like speeches in school and like all that, like, ugh just even thinking about it now even though I'm not as afraid to do it it's like thinking back to how I used to feel it was like oh I hate it so much um but I think just that like I I think I've grown in that area just able to like share my story and not be um I don't know not be afraid I guess to like talk about the truth and what it looks like look what it looks like for me and like I've shared publicly a few times now about like my life my journey I did like there was a smaller church thing in Valentine's pre-COVID like where I was able to talk to like a small group and like share um and stuff like that so I think yeah God's just kind of pushed me out of my little safe bubble <laughs> or like expanded my bubble where I'm like hey I can I can talk about this and not be afraid and yeah, just boldness, I think, in sharing. And I just don't really, I mean, I care what people think, but I, I don't, I just don't really care what people like think anymore. Like, it's like, I know this truth and yeah, I think You're that's not bound probably by it. I think yeah. that's, that's part of it. I can see that. And I, I think that's, um, yeah, it's something where I, I do see as a big struggle for a lot of women, um, being, being bound in those places of the fear of rejection, the fear of like, what ifs and all of those things. Um, you know, and I, I know we've chatted a little bit and your, um, your kids will all be soon-ish in school full time. And, you know, do you have any thoughts of kind of what's next for you? Like what, what is next for you guys in your life? I don't know. It still feels like a bit of a unknown. Um, yeah. I like you had mentioned, like I am, I'm moving soon by the time this airs, I probably will have moved, <laughs> but um, that is, that is a big step I think for us. Cause I'm currently still on the farm where my husband lived. And so that's a big one for us. Um, just in moving forward as part of our journey. Um, but yeah, I think, I think back actually when we met was at a women's conference where we were given these stones where we had to write uh, like a word and God gave me the word speak when I thought he would give me the word write because <laughs> I enjoy writing. Um, but he said speak. So I had <laughs> to be faithful in that and speak when asked basically. Um, but um, 
so I don't know. I think I would like to do more speaking and I would like to do more writing. That's kind of like a, a thing I've always liked, but as far as what that practically looks like yet, I don't know, but yeah. Well, you don't have to have all the answers. I wouldn't be able <laughs> yeah. to answer that question either. But um, but I think it is sometimes nice to just pause where we're at and be like, okay, this is, like you said, like this, actually this physical move um, that you're doing is, is a pretty big step. Um, and so, yeah, I, um, I've just enjoyed both seeing your um, journey in all the ways that you um, honor your husband and your um, process and your grief and also just the fun um, you have with your kids and your commitment, I think, really to continue to grow. Like there's things that you and I have shared in some conversations that I just really um, admire you in your um, your commitment to grow in the Lord, to grow um, as a mom to grow as a person. And so, um, you know, this is a really big part of your story, but um, it's not the end of your story. Right. And so yeah. we're, we're having this conversation um, that we'll just, we'll look back on in a few years and be like, oh, you had no idea, right? And I think that's part of it is we don't, we don't really ever know what kind of the next steps are. We just keep leaning in yeah. and being like, okay, God, where, where are you taking us next? And so um, I'm excited to read more that you write as well as hear you speak a little bit more because I think you um, continue to um, gain wisdom that comes from the Lord and you have a lot to share. There were so many things you've shared in this episode. I know people will be deeply encouraged by. Um, is there anything else you'd want to leave us with today? I think um, the, the first thing that comes to mind is just like to keep going. I think I'd said this in another like chat I had done, but that always comes to mind. It's just like, keep going because I find like, it can be hard to just keep going when things feel hard and like impossible even, or like, especially now with the way things are going in the world, it's like when you don't know, or there's uncertainties, it's just like, I don't know, but it's just, yeah, keep going. Take the next, the next right step, I think. That's what I, that's what I try and try and keep in my forefront, but it doesn't, doesn't always, but yeah. So great. Now tell me again, where can people find your blog? It is hopeinthehurting.com. And then from there, I think it can link, link to my Instagram, I think, or my Facebook, but that's the easiest way probably. Well, Shannon, thank you for sharing your story with me. And I trust this has helped you move one step closer to thriving. Can I just say thank you for listening? This space has been incredibly encouraging for me this past year. And as I am being deeply encouraged by these conversations, I trust you are as well. And I'm not going to ask you to rate the show or subscribe, but I am going to ask if while you are listening today, a friend popped into your mind and you thought, hmm, think they could use this encouragement. Can I ask you to share this episode with them, with one person? When I listen to podcasts on my phone, there are three little dots at the bottom right, and I click there to share. Also, can I say sometimes I don't share with others 
as I'm worried about what they'll think of me if they think I'm bugging them by sharing something. But when someone shares something with me, I am never bothered. Often it is the exact thing I needed to hear. So if someone popped into your mind, click those three little dots and share this encouraging conversation with them. And thank you for listening to Ready to Thrive.